bring that back. Uh, Nickelback, absolutely. Bring that nickel back. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> you heard it here first. Um, yeah. Oop, and you want to go first? Um, I. You know what? I'm actually just going to celebrate something that we did get rid of. Is it going to be the same as mine? Is no, it wait, really? Wait, let's do a one, okay. two, three, and see if it is. Okay, ready? Okay. Ready? I don't know if it's... We- okay. Three, three two, two, one. Plastic, plastic bags? Oh, Whoa! my God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it yeah. is March 2nd. We are one day uh. into New York City's plastic bag ban. New York State, State, by the way. Yeah, which is crazy. No more plastic uh. bags. Paper bags are for... A charge. There's a four dollars. Oh wow. No, that'll, no, that'll it's not $4. I think it's like no. five cents. Yeah, yeah. But you know, at Trader Joe's, that adds up real quick. Oh yeah, for they, sure. They it's be a double bag. And triple bag. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, man, yeah. What an exciting. And I was reminded of it because yesterday I overheard. And when I say overheard, I mean you know it would be impossible not to overhear the most um, egregious conversation between this like older woman and a younger man who they weren't related. They were clearly seemed like they were coming from an event together. And I was, I just forgot that in New York city, there are people who are not liberals because right. uh, it was, I was, we were like on an A train, you know, between 59th and 125th street. And she was talking so loud and obnoxiously and so ignorantly about, uh, about, the Bernie platform and saying things like, well, what doctor is going to work if healthcare is, fr- you know, free for everyone? Well, what doctor is going to work for free if there's no student loan debt? Who's going to teach for free? And I was like, you not, you don't understand what you're, t-. and then she was talking about the plastic bags and how she's just like, well, I just bought a hundred plastic bags so that I can keep using them. And I was like, you suck. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess the thing to remember is, is one, yes, no, not everyone in New York city is, liberal however not all self-identified liberals or i guess maybe even not all democrats are liberal democrats and not all like liberals are progressive sure i mean this is like something that we're seeing playing out as bernie starts to win various states Mm -hmm. and like the quote unquote whomever this may be democratic establishment is allegedly freaking out when it's like well wait a minute who's freaking out about this person who as far as i understood for like the past four years people have been like this guy should have had the nomination or Mm -hmm. something i mean yeah i mean she also she did say i watched cpac yesterday and wasn't it amazing so i was like okay (laughs) like the c oh the the conservative conservative political action yeah Um, so you know that was a clue but anyways but uh but i just wanted to and then it's that thing where we're we're holding the same subway pole Uh uh-oh and wonder, and she even also said, you know, because she was talking to the younger guy, and she was like, I hope, you know, when you hear, and he, w- it was the thing where he was just sort of agreeing and clearly didn't have an opinion, but so therefore was happily adopting her opinion. Do you know, like, he was, he was very ag- just nodding along. You mean no, and and saying things like, yeah, yeah, that's so true, you know, uh, but sort of just like parroting back uh-huh. what she was saying, and she was said something like, you know, what when people your age, you know, talk about, you know, supporting these other points of view you know i hope you try to convince them but then also you can't convince them because of course you know everybody's just you know they'll just get mad at you and i and but because i was i was formulating the whole time i was like what can i say though uh that could just not try to convince you but you know just to say hey i i think that your 
facts and figures are wrong, you know, right. just like, because it's, yeah, to go back to the source. Anyways, I didn't say anything, and <clears throat> I just passive aggressively was like rolling my eyes and breathing deeply. Right. But, uh, anyways. I mean, it's a tough thing. It's like that kind of conversation is so difficult because liberals are snowflakes, and yet the like conservatives flip their shit with impunity at like anything that liberals do. Mm-hmm. And so it, we're both weak and also like Nazis that have this f- fascist regime that's mm-hmm. stifling the conservatives. I mean, one thing that I have started to do is like kind of yes and different conservatives in my family mm-hmm. because a lot of conservative talking points are at best rhetorical mm-hmm. and that like my I have an uncle who well my my grandfather has turned to turning to some random guy at the table and saying what do you think about random hot button political issue mm-hmm. and he was like Stephen, what do you think about paper bags? <laughs> I was like, <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> dig a little deeper. What do you mean? <laughs> and then my, you know, he starts talking about like, should we be using them instead of plastic bags? I'm like, this seems like an argument for like 10, 15 years ago. <laughs> but then my uncle then chimes in to say that, well, actually, the upfront costs of paper bag production are actually greater than the back end costs of disposing of plastic bags. <laughs> and I and so I just turned to him and I said, well, I guess it sounds like we agree that the thing to do is just get rid of both of them. <laughs> and immediately there was a... Um, what? 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 Um, uh, <laughs> Similar, similar thing. We were talking about like Alexa, and I was talking about the need for uh, a data protection act similar to one that's been adopted in the European Union, and the and so this uncle was saying, "Always oh, an uncle, you know. Sorry about mm-hmm. an uncles. This is a bad day Soft for uncles." And uncles. Uh, but the you were saying something along the lines of that. The biggest problem is that people keep doing the same things over and over again and like making the same mistakes. Cause like I was saying that we should adopt this policy, and he was like, no, is that people do this particular, they're not like thinking. And I went, I agree with you. Like, if we just keep without thinking, sending the same politicians back to, government they're not going to be shaping policies that would be able to address these issues and we should be doing a a sweep to put new legislators in the white house that can actively address these issues and he was like "Mm -hmm." uh uh well uh um and then the other one is like this hardcore crazy libertarian also an uncle um Mm -hmm. that big libertarian and you know, you know, I think that we all can agree at this point that, like, basically, libertarianism uh, 
There are no, there are no and have never been any libertarian governments. There are no and have never been any communist governments, regardless of whether or not any have named themselves communist. That uh, you know, effectively, they're the same thing. Small communities agreeing to take on a large sense of personal responsibility to create uh, a mutually assured uh, successful society. Well, none of those exist. And so when I said to I saw he was talking about, uh, you know, the problem with socialist democracy or whatever. I basically then was like, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's basically, we're talking about, you know, how libertarianism and communism are effectively the same thing. And boy, you should have watched that (laughs) head explode. That was hilarious. Uh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I, uh, while you were talking, I must say that I was thinking about how I want to write a children's book (laughs) called a bad day for uncles. And I was just trying to think about what it would be about. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) (laughs) uh, I'm, I'm into it. I think it would be a tough sell. No, Um, depends on, bless you, Julie. I just, a bad day for uncles. I mean, let's just. I think it's a great title for something. I do. Unfortunately. I I don't have the pitch yet. I'll come back to you with it. I, I think that the greater history of, say, true crime would say that, like, a bad day for uncles is not something that should be in a children's book. What? Okay. I mean, it just, the it couldn't be anything but a children's book because it's so, like, simplistic. Silly titled? A yeah, bad silly day for titled. Uncles? But, like, yeah. that's what, like, it would be a silly thing. Like, suddenly everyone who's an uncle gets, like, a mysterious purple... Or their sibling Face. dies oh and God. they have to take custody <laughs> of their eight children yeah right. um a bad day for yeah. uncles. <laughs> and that's why you are being taken care of by your uncle child right. it could yeah. be it I could, look there's at a that. niche market for kids right. who are raised by their uncles but right. then it would be called a good day for uncles right because yeah. like it's like the day that i became your guardian what a bad a day horrible, day <laughs> the horrible no good very bad yeah. day for uncles uh, we had the same thing this week. That's so fun. That's so, so let's, dope. Let's start that show. Oh my god! Welcome, welcome to Should We Keep This, the cultural review podcast you know and love that looks back over the past fifty years of film, music, and TV to unbreak your heart and say that we'll be missing you like a candle in the wind. Mm, I see what you're doing. I'm always, as always, I'm Stephen Moskis. And if you want to be my lover, you got to get with my friend. Oh, Gina Stevenson. Oh, and that's today all? we lied to you. All those things you said we'd never do, we lied to you. And personally, Gina. Yes. How do I live without you mm. if you ever go? Because you were meant for me mm. and I was meant for you, oh. which is why today. We're talking about <laughs> Titanic <laughs> and, and Seinfeld. Seinfeld. That's the smoothest transition I've ever heard. <laughs> I don't know about you, but <laughs> look, I, as an uncle, uh, it's uh, right, not a yes, great day for fair. uncles that's right fair, now. You know, so you, you know. know, I can't believe we're miss. Oh, this is the year of wannabe, man. Uh-huh. Oh man, oh man. Okay, but we're not talking about the Spice Girls. No, we're not. We're talking we're about, not. as you said, Titanic, which was this is the only time in the '90s that we have a movie that is the Best Picture winner and the right. top-grossing film of the year. It happens in year 2000. Just mm. spoiler alert, but which movie? 
just to wet our whistles. Do you remember? My name is Maximus Decimus Meridius. Uh, sorry, it's a uh, um, gladiator. Gladiator. Wow. Well, but for cool, yeah. Uh, but this is the only one of the nineties. So Titanic. Should we start there? Let's start. There. Oh well, first, okay. So it was a challenge to figure out. It's <coughs> mm-hmm, a bad mm-hmm, day for mm-hmm. aunts. It was a challenge warm to figure up, out. Warm hey, up. Hello, 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 hello. Tea tall, tea tall. I don't know how to warm up anymore. I'm not an actor for a while. Um, you and me what both, pal. The you and me both, pal. <laughs> what the sign? The you okay there? Drink your kombucha, Stephen. Um, what these two medias had in common? But Mediate? I've got two. Well, media, I've got okay, two. Medias. I no, know. Media I know stuff. Pro- medias is I'm like people. People okay. groups. So in a um, way, they are medias. You'd, if you had multiple movies and multiple TV shows, okay. they would be medias. But we don't. So I've got two. Okay. This is 1997. The okay. Bear with me on this one. The year Bearing. of multiple versions of the self question mark because okay in titanic we've got young rose old rose and then in seinfeld we've got real jerry seinfeld doing his stand-up and we've got character jerry seinfeld in the show do you know what i mean or the year of i'll just keep on moving uh framing devices in which one character monologues also question mark because you know i think that one's Closer, although I like the first one. I think the difference is he's not real life Jerry Seinfeld. Right, he but is you know, performing. but still different yeah. versions of the. Right. I mean, but he's yeah. But also, I think what, it, the difference think between him performing Seinfeld. his stand up and like Jerry Seinfeld performing stand up, like I don't know what the difference would be. You know what I mean? Like that's where the yeah, line but I feel like that's sort of like the eight mile argument where like mm. he's writing the show, he's writing the jokes for the show, he's not writing the jokes for himself. Yes. Okay. Uh, it's true. It's not like an actual stand-up show. But I would also say that like the social performance of like mm. Rose with her family mm. versus Rose with Jack Ooh. is like also a solid argument parallel mm. to this sort of it's Seinfeld. Like you're right. The mechanism. public persona of mm-hmm. being a stand-up comedian and then the the personal life. It's mm-hmm. great. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. Found mm-hmm. it. Nailed it. I'd say I nailed it. I think you um, should just fold up shop and yeah. Take a I, I'm out. Yeah. But first, though, I will tell you the plot of Titanic, which, by the way, not the Titanic ever. No one ever refers to it as with a the. I've always thought of the movie as Titanic, but then people talk about the boat. You call it the Titanic. But everyone in the movie just said, let's get on Titanic and stuff. Do you know what I mean? Actually, I do know what you mean. Yeah, it, it's yeah, You think me. like uh, the movie Titanic about the Titanic. Right, but it's just about Titanic. Right. Which, anyways. Um, so we don't really know like ships. Right. We don't really talk about ships very much. We don't. So I guess I don't have the vocabulary, yeah. the muscle memory of how right. to talk about a ship. Um, okay, so those are just so like banned. Titanic. I'm not ready to the, the issue. I just want you to know. I don't feel like I'm cutting out. But never mind. I'm, okay. I'm going to kill my. No, no. Just drink your kombucha. You'll feel great. Um, okay, so Titanic. Again, top grossing film and best picture of 1997. Uh, so this movie has a framing device where, which in the beginning of the movie, we see it's set in the present day, and this team of. Researchers, scavengers, unclear uh, they, what like, their honestly, job is. Honestly, they're. It seems like he's nothing Just but a fucking like a little treasure hunter. He's yeah, like and there's like pirate. one moment where we see a TV, like a news reporter, in the background. She's like, the ethics are questionable of how he even, and that's like explaining away the right. whole idea of why. Th- anyways, but so this team of, you know, yeah, tr- pirates uh, like who are desecrating searching this yeah. area where. Loads of people are dead. Right. 
Uh, yeah, spoiler. great. So there, yeah, spoiler, the ship goes down. Search the wreck, the wreckage of the, of RMS Titanic, excuse me, no the, mm-hmm. for, they're looking for a necklace, which has a very rare and expensive diamond on it called the Heart of the Ocean. Uh, but instead, a- they find a drawing of a woman wearing the necklace, and the drawing is dated on the day the ship struck the iceberg that brought it down. Um, turns out this woman is Rose Dawson Calvert, uh, who identifies herself and is like, it's me. And she is 101. Uh, and she meets with the team and she tells them her story. Blah, 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 Move back to 1912. Okay, Rose is 17 and she is a first class passenger traveling with her mother and her fiance, Cal, on Titanic. Uh, Rose does not want to marry Cal, but her mother insists that the marriage will solve their financial problems and secure the family's upper-class status. Uh, feeling stifled and trapped, Rose climbs over the edge of the ship, determined to jump, but a young steerage passenger, Jack Dawson, stops her. Uh, Jack is a penniless artist, and he won his ticket on the, to the, on the ship in a game of poker. Um, very different people. He talks her down, and they share a connection. Um, but Cal and Rose's mother severely look down on Jack. No good for Rose. Um, the next night, Jack takes Rose to a third-class party, like a st- steerage party. Um, they dance and drink, and they have a very unstuffy night of fun. Rose and Jack, very clearly smitten. Uh-oh. Um, this is also where VHS tape number one ends, if you, I remember that very clearly from having the VHS set. Mm-hmm. Uh, they spend the next evening together. They sneak away from Cal and his bodyguard dude, Lovejoy, um, Rose asks Jack to paint her portrait naked except for the necklace, which, oh yeah, Cal Oh, actually, I would, f- I would contest that it ends after that. I remember the VHS with the party. Pretty positive. Well, here's the thing. I remember not being allowed to watch VHS tape number two. Mm. And I remember <laughs> that the drawing was, that I saw it. Mm. So I was like... What the hell? I think is you on probably VHS just at some tape point watched two. Right. Well, if and VHS I'm allowed one to is, watch. I mean, that's the drawing scene is far more graphic than the spoiler sex scene. Well, but it wasn't about graphic. the sex. It was about thousands oh, the, of people dying. The death. Oh, sure. Okay. That's fair. Sorry. Forgot the other reason why things are rated R. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, well, debate. Who knows when the VHS tape ends? We'll just have to yeah. get some VHSs yeah. of Titanic and watch. Again. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyways, so Rose and Jack are like running away from Cal, having a great time, super in love. He paints her portrait naked with this necklace, which Cal had given to her. They have sex in a car inside the cargo hold. And then the ship hits an iceberg. Um, and the final, at least hour, I think, of the movie is just the horror of this supposedly unsinkable ship slowly sinking and the panic and the chaos that ensues. Um, only 700-ish passengers escaped and the other got out alive and the other 1,500 or so died. Uh, Rose survives in the end, um, but Jack dies in the water. And um, we come back to the present day with the older Rose uh, who sneaks out to the edge of the ship that she's on now and she drops the necklace, which she had kept a secret since then, um, into the water, abandoning it into the deeps. And the Titanic. Yeah, I mean, this movie is humongous. Huge. I remember, like... Oh, my God. I remember it staying in theaters for, like, a record length of time. Yeah. Um, it is tied uh, with All About Eve for the most nominations ever. Wow. 14. And it's tied with Ben-Hur for the most wins, 11. 
it made it had a two hundred million dollar budget, made like one point eight four billion. Not no, nothing came close to that to that until like Marvel movies recently, and then yeah, this is the first time we've heard of B. A billion. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. yeah. It's crazy. Uh, we've gotten and that's, pretty close, but we haven't gotten actually, to that. And it's also way above a billion. Is that actually at the time or adjusted for what it would be today? No, that's mm-hmm. at the time. Oh. Um, and as a matter of fact, it's in 2012 for the centennial, they re-released it into movie theaters. So I had to dig a little bit deeper because the... Mm. It made about three hundred million dollars that go around. Mm. So wow. now its collected gross is like over two billion. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, this was a James Cameron joint, <laughs> who we had already talked about with our Terminator films. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kathy Bates has been mm-hmm. around for a good while, as had uh, Victor Garber, but this movie. Re- did more than anything else establish mm-hmm. two major actors, Woo. Kate Winslet and Leonardo Leo. DiCaprio, uh. both of whom deliberately, if you read about it, like they made deliberate choices not to follow the success of the movie with attempts to like capitalize on other high budget films, mm. both deliberately went the other way to in 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 the explicit in the explicit way by Kate Winslet like she did it very clearly to make sure that she had longevity she went with like smaller mm. period pieces mm. and then Leonardo DiCaprio just seemed to be like really really hate the like fame machine yeah and so yeah. he was like just movies I care about. Yeah. Also, I'm sure you're gonna say this. He looks so young in this movie. Right. She looks way older. I was like, he's probably like actually 18, and she's probably like 26. But he was 22, and she was 21 when they filmed this movie. That is wild. He does Isn't that look crazy. He looks so. so he young. does look younger than her. He does, right? Yeah. But also, I re- so I watched him talking about the Basketball Diaries. And he was talking about, um, which came out two years earlier, mm-hmm. and he was talking about another movie he did before that, where he was talking about being 16, and I'm like... That must have been... Well, hmm. Yeah. Gilbert uh, Grape, I It guess, wasn't Gilbert Grape. It was another movie oh, they wow. did with Robert De Niro. Uh, mm-hmm. But what's eating Gilbert Grape is, uh, that was his first Oscar nomination. God, he was um, so good in that. Man, ugh, Leo. Yeah. And something that I thought was interesting... Um, was that was that somebody described DiCaprio's roles or like his type as characters who themselves are putting on characters. Mm. And I was like, hmm? And like mm. we, we get that a little bit with uh with him in this, like just because of him being like upper class and lower class, but like the departed, mm-hmm. obviously once upon a time in Hollywood inception, like all these things mm-hmm. where he, as a person playing him playing pretend he is playing pretend as a person playing pretend. Interesting. Yeah. I was like, Ooh, what? that is super interesting. Yeah. Uh, 
He's always been, we think of him now as like a big climate activist, mm -hmm. but he has really always been involved with activism in the mid nineties. Uh, an earthquake caused a like computer lab in California to burn down and he and his mom contributed like $35,000 to help rebuild it. He's basically given loads of money along the way to like LGBTQ organizations, environmental organizations, and disaster relief. And then Kate Winslet, she's also done big things in favor of like uh, autism, though not though her though she has been philanthropic in a number of ways. Uh, it has not really touched. It has not really touched what Leo has done. And then the big. The big things that we take from this movie. Mm, so many things. There are so many things. But the big thing is uh, I'm king of the world. I'm king of the world. I'll never let go, Jack. I'll never let go. And Jack. just generally standing on the prow of a ship. Mm -hmm. um, would you argue that there are more? Um, I would argue that... Uh, God, that the handprint on the oh, that window is yeah, sure. of the car, the Britney Spears in her song "Lucky," you know, references the woman dropping the. But I thought the old woman dropped it over the ship at the end. Oh, I went back in and got it. Oh, you shouldn't have. She's so lucky, right? So, uh, anyways, um, that's no. Keep going. What, what's the rest I, of I that can keep going, I but I won't. Um, so whether or not that counts as a huge thing, like you know, but I, but that. Right. That's at least referenced there. But but yeah, no, but the big ones certainly. Also, I feel like there's a big th another thing as we're talking about it right now that the debate as to whether or not she could have fit him on the door. Oh my god, I know. Like god, yes. Such a debate. She could have. Every time I watch this movie, I'm like, there's room. Try one more time. Just try one more time. Yeah. But of course they're exhausted and already. I'm 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 more like look for something else. Yeah. You know, just like look for there's for something. anything that you could float on, even if it meant you floating half on the door. Mm -hmm. Right. One you half know. of you is better than no half of you. Some might say. Right. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. That doesn't sure. mean anything. Um, uh, yeah, it's so tragic. Yeah. Uh, mm, woof. And clearly we have both watched this movie before. We mentioned VHS tapes. So, right. Um, because yeah. I think that if you were growing up in the 90s yeah. um, and your and your mom was in your household, um, you owned this VHS tape. <laughs> I actually, so this, I'm thinking of the math, and I'm like, is this really true? I have such a vivid memory. This is the first movie that we've talked about that I have a vivid memory, I swear, of seeing, seeing it, it in, in the theaters theater? with my dad. And they had to change the VHS tape? No, I also obviously had the VHS tape, and I would always try to do the thing where she gets on her tippy toes in the oh, thing and yeah. could never do it, obviously. Uh, and I would just break my toes. Uh, but I remember sitting in the movie theater, the I thing. swear. What thing? Oh, the, the spinning thing. around that's thing. That's, a, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. that's something that I feel like. Where they're like at the party and the camera yeah, like yeah. follows each of them spinning in a circle. Uh, but I remember like sitting next to my dad, and I don't remember any of the sex stuff because that probably was just so embarrassing. But I remember like when it, the ship was going down, I have this, such a vivid memory of like clutching my dad's arm and like crying and looking at him and just being like, this is so sad. Like, uh, like I have, I have both like a memory of like being in it and being like outside of myself, seeing myself sort of like perform the sadness of it. Do you know what I mean? I don't yeah. know. But I also cannot imagine that he took 
an eight-year-old to see this movie. But maybe they didn't really know what was going to happen. Yeah, maybe it was, like, (laughs) maybe because there was, like, this enduring love story aspect, there was this feeling or this this impression that it was somehow, like, a chick flick and the sex is going to be the thing. Right, we don't have to worry about the, yeah. But, like, and then, like, well, wait. The ship does sink. Right, like but probably it's not die. so. Yeah. No, but like <laughs> no, it's yeah. just the sex that's the right. Bad well, part, just right? cover your eyes. Yeah. yeah. But also, it was in theaters so long. Maybe I was nine, but but still, that's yeah. pretty young. Anyways, um, yeah, watched this movie so many times on those VHSs. Uh, yep. I. I was much. I was much older. I feel like when I finally got to when I finally did get to when I finally took it upon myself to. Watch that second VHS tape. Mm, mm, yeah. Mm. Mm. yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it was. I'm like, I'm kind of proud that I, that my mom chose to like shield me from that versus shield me from the sex. I'm like, cause, cause that was certainly. Mm-hmm. If that's where the first VHS ends. I'm, you know, <laughs> my childhood that brain wasn't going to forget me. it. I mean, um, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Um, well, should we vote on this one now and then get back to Seinfeld? Well, do you want to uh, you you vote it? That. Vote it and talk about it? Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, let's do it. Let's vote it and talk about it. Okay. One, two, two yes. Three. Yes. Whoa, whoa. You what? just jumped the gun. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> I didn't mean to. Well, <laughs> you were just so ready, which I get because, yes, we have to keep this movie. <laughs> this is an amazing movie. Yeah, this movie is just like, oh. it's so good that, honestly... Yeah, you don't even have to say three. I, I understand. You don't even think about l- the way that when we were watching movies and we're just watching, trying to figure out, like, is that, is this, is this, is that, that you, you're you honestly transported. I was swept away. Into oh, my the God. Film. I was so swept away. James Cameron, he knows how to do that. Man. I literally, yeah, right. We'll have plenty of chances to sing that. I truly, there was a moment almost at the end of the movie going, the ship going down, where I was like, wait a minute, how did they film with all this actual water? Like, I forgot that it was a film set. You know what I mean? I was like, oh, these people are getting swept away in all this water. Like, and then I was like, and then I was thinking about the logistics of that and was, and my mind was blown again in a totally different way. But I was so transported by this movie. It's just really, really good storytelling. Yeah. Um, And really... And honestly, now well, that you're making me think of it, I literally have no idea how, do they how they do would that? have filmed it. How did they do that? Right. All these scenes where people are just, yeah, in the water the, and the, the water ship, coming. Like the ship the going ship down and the water coming down. up and the people jumping and like, I know. I, I do not know how they I filmed it. I don't know. If anybody knows, call in now and let us know. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's just really a really well-made movie and the... And I feel like, you know, and there's so many layers to it. So I was also thinking a lot about the framing device of this like present day story. And um, yeah. and I think it's a great example of how smart this movie is in terms of the construction of it. Because having the frame, I, f- I think telling the story of this tragedy, um, this tragic accident is in itself not a story. You know what I mean? It's It's like a thing that happened in history. And that's obviously an important thing that you know, having some media that explores it is great, but putting the framing device suddenly just sort of, I mean, frames for us how to think about this story and the journey from the beginning of this guy, you know, who's just sort of 
taking apart this shipwreck, looking for this item that's expensive that will bring him money and fame and whatever. And then by the end of the movie, you know, that his he realizes his own uh, that he was treating this just as a treasure hunt and not thinking about the humanity of it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so I feel like it really does the job of of um, of taking us because we also start the movie like, oh, that's so cool. Look at this cool shipwreck. Right. Like, oh, that diamond. I wonder if he's going to find you know what I mean? Um, and then by the end, it's just all the greed and all of that level of entertainment is gone. And it's really just about um, people and and how people respond to a tragedy, you know? Yeah. I mean, is um, there's so much about it that is about the hubris of the rich, yeah. really. And yet... At the same time, what we also see is not only is it about the hubris of the rich, but it's also about the fact that when rich people have to face the their comeuppance, they don't. Mm-hmm. And poor people do. Yeah. And so much of media around the Titanic in general really f- i mean kind of falls into that exact same trap i mean to me that mm-hmm. the the next closest thing we we have that like deals with the titanic because it really doesn't seem to be that titanic. much sorry um is i mean downton abbey the mm-hmm. the kickoff to downton abbey is the heir to the estate no no, no uh the main suitor to the oldest daughter dies on the titanic, titanic. And sorry, it's not funny. Uh, but so like, even that is focusing on just more rich people, and it's also kind of this idea of like, isn't it a shame when a rich person dies? Like, mm, yeah, it, like right. sucks when people die, totally. but like, isn't it just awful right. when a rich person dies? I even thought there was a particularly egregious moment when it's panning over all the people die like who mm-hmm. are dead and have mm-hmm. drowned mm-hmm. and then it floats over van gogh's water lilies hmm. and i kind of felt like the implication was you know all these what deaths all this death and oh not one of the water lilies like i couldn't help but feel like it was implying that like it's of equal importance that I, these great works well, of art were lost. I feel like it's actually kind of trying to do the, to make the point of the opposite of like, because we see all the opulence on this ship and all the things people brought and the things they tried to bring with them on the lifeboats, you know, mm. um, the, the rich people and, and it's, and, and seeing, you know, from the first class side, you'll see, yes, some certainly people died as well, but you'll see, you know, my, uh, this beautiful painting and then, from the steerage side, it's just endless bodies. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, but yeah, but I hear what you're saying. But uh, also, the there was a, a moment that I had where I was like, "Ay, yeah, yeah, you, you're a hundred <laughs> Is when she was like, "When everyone was getting aboard the Titanic, then everyone they were getting upon this <laughs> massive, glorious ship, <laughs> but to me." It was a slave ship. Yeah. And I was going to America in chains. And I was like, 
Oh, grandma. <laughs> yeah. yeah grandma. Right. It, grandma. It wasn't don't. a slave ship. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. We were, you were going to be forced to marry a billionaire. Yeah. Right. Uh, right. It wasn't. No, grandma. Right. Right. I do. Yeah. And then I absolutely agree. Um, but I, uh, something else just that at the core of the movie that is so that is so wonderful is um, how much it's. Yeah. Just sort of about this. uh uh, yeah, just like it being, I so believe her character though, I'll, and even it's it's. I mean, I totally agree that that's really egregious. <laughs> um, and she and I also am like, oh, and she's saying that from the present day perspective, you know. But like, I can see. I feel like her character also, you know, goes through this beautiful transformation of right. of actually by, the, and even in the way she talks, Kate Winslet does such a good job. Like she's so stifling and proper because she feels so stifled but that's just like the only world she knows and then by the end how she just you know is is sort of uh seeing her world for what it is and and seeing you know uh, trying to escape it and also trying to you know and she just like sees there's all these great shots from her point of view of like the moment when she sees this little girl in the first class waiting room like being told to sit up straight by her mom and put her napkin on her lap all fancy um, and just the ways that she's seeing, like, the way the society constricts women and, you know, doesn't give women any choices, you know, it's just, um, yeah, it was a, it was a, a great, a beautiful way into, like, the, it's, I was thinking the whole time, I was like, this movie is just a live action, better version of Aladdin, <laughs> you know what I mean? Because oh, yeah. I mean, there's literally, literally a moment is. where he goes, "Do you, do you trust, trust me? me?" I know, and then it comes back, and she's like, "I trust you." Uh, and you know, again, she's being forced to marry like uh, a wealthy guy uh, by her mom this time. Uh, of Billy her dad. Zane is absolutely a Jafar. Oh my god, he's yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. He's totally a Jafar. He even has yeah, his like eyebrows are like very penciled or something, and I'm like, okay, I see Jafar in you. And then there's of course like the scoundrel you know, who's penniless and who everyone thinks is a thief, but mm -hmm. with a heart of gold, like it's just, it was exactly the same movie. <laughs> right. um, um, yeah. Yeah. I also was thinking there some, some, I don't remember, actually remember who it was, but some playwright was saying like all the best stories at their core have the question, what would you do for the audience? And um, there was such amazing, just the way that <clears throat> the final, you know, hour or so when the ship was sinking, the range of humanity in terms of how people reacted to right. what was happening and how they treated other people. Like there were just so many moments where I, as the audience was so engrossed in it, but also understood all these different reactions. Some of them horrible and very selfish and others trying to help others. But like this question the whole time of like, what would I do in this situation? You know, it just kept, I just felt like this movie really, really um, got to that that core question. I right? felt like the biggest one for me was when the one guy, I, un, I don't know why he was given these orders to go through and like lock various gates, but right. he was clearly doing it. I think part of it was just like giving people something to do, but he locks the gate and they're like, get, Oh, please open it up for us. And then he like tries to do it and drops the keys. Mm -hmm. And the water is rising and rising and rising. And he was just like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I dropped the keys. I'm I know, sorry. And, he just and leaves. then yeah. leaves. And yeah. Totally. I mean, uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, totally. And that, and like the locking of the gates, I mean, probably why they were doing it was because they 
they wanted to get all the first class people off the ship first and didn't think well, that they were going time, to Well, at that time, though, the third class passengers had already, like, they were already up. Well, I some were up. I think the people who were already up were up, but then all those gates seemed to be True. locked to that yeah. lowest deck. So it seemed like whether it was a miscommunication of commands or if it was sort of like, well, we'll start here and then we'll get to you. But, of course, it all happened faster right. than anyone expected. But Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, and I love how, and yeah, and Rose is just so smart. Like she's not, I love the combina- the ways that sh- they save each other, she right. and Jack, you know, and, yeah. and in the beginning too, we like see her intellect and when she, you know, she's talking about, she, she's like at the table and the guy who built the ship is talking about size and she like makes a comment about Freud, mm. but, li- and you know, and she's like says all of, and she's like calculated how many people would fit in the lifeboats, you know? Right. Um, so I just feel like she's a really awesome character. Yeah, and I and there is it doesn't feel what we don't see, I feel like, which we would see in many movies who does such a good job of like keeping this balance where, you know, they're kind of saving each other and lifting each other up. We don't feel the movie working really hard to no, do that. Yeah. I feel like so many times when we when it's when it's the, this level of equity we're getting beaten over the head with it yeah and it doesn't feel that way when when you watch it it just feels so natural and smooth and like of course this guy is treating you this way Mm -hmm. he's the antithesis of of calvert culvert culvert what's his name cal 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 but it's cal culvert i think it's something like that oh Mm. i don't know but uh, the uh, very opposite of Cal, you know? Mm-hmm. And so by being the opposite of Cal, he's being a good person to her. Mm-hmm. And we, but then we also, and then we see her, you know, just even doing the things like spitting and dancing mm-hmm. and, and all that. It's just so, it's fucking fun. Yeah, and like, it is. Right, and then, like, the moment when she gets the axe <laughs> to, like, <laughs> you know, like, literally saving each other's lives so right. many times. And, like, that's such a – it's so – yeah, it's amazing how there is also so much – even in those intense moments where, like, we know the ship is sinking. Like, mo- the story, it goes from – it jumps to little flashes of, like, levity that are also colored with terror, you know. Right. Of, like, her practicing sma- the axe. Like, all right, I hit the same place again. <laughs> it's, like, two feet away. <laughs> All right, that's it. That's enough practice. (laughs) Right, he has like four inches of chain between his wrists, and she's, uh, it's just so great. Yeah, man. Yeah, uh, (coughs) Jesus. Yeah. I I mean, honestly, so many of my notes are about just themes that the movie was sort of going for because I just was watching the movie. I mean, I, yeah, I totally. d- that one of the things that, so I just get generally speaking really riled up when I hear anyone ever make the comment about new money. Mm-hmm. It always drives me up a fucking wall because, you know, Kathy Bates or the unsinkable Molly Brown is what mother called new money. And while Leonardo DiCaprio, yeah, like he's walking through, but you yeah, definitely new money, but that's okay. And I'm like, so clear, I'm clearly, you know, poor people are bad because they're just not willing to work and get money. But like, it's like anyone who then works to get money is also bad. So it, 
I, I looked at it and I was like, okay, so clearly, you know, wealth is only a crime if you made it yourself. Mm-hmm. Like that seems to be the rich perspective is that if you've earned your money. Mm. Well, yeah, and I don't like, but it's t- I totally believe it because it's really so much also about this feeling of lineage, you know, which like goes sure. through all this class stuff because it's, I don't know that the perspective from the wealthy people who are old money is that, you know, rich people are, I mean, sorry, poor people are, worse because they are too lazy it, but it's like it's i mean it, to me it, it also just goes to like eugenics ideas and stuff like oh, that well, of like, yeah no you know and like oh and especially in 1912 right God. exactly but and even the new money like the the discuss the upturned nose at that of like you didn't deserve this because you don't have this lineage of wealth and also right. like you don't know what to do with it probably because you were not born with it you mm-hmm. know what i mean so like i totally i agree that it's like horrible um but i also and do you know uh, anybody that's uh, like that now yeah like well, not I don't somebody think it's who's new thing. money but somebody who like talks I, about new money that well i way. think that has gone i think it's completely authentic to the time and i don't i don't know enough i guess enough I know ultra wealthy like people that. but and i'm sure not that ultra that's wealthy mm-hmm. but they rail against new money to the point where i i had to once say to them are you old money <laughs> what no. did they say they said no are you new money no what so what's the deal what's going on yeah like why are we why are we talking about this with so much passion that's very strange yeah but uh there was a moment where i just want to give billy zane the slightest justice and by justice i mean just I really enjoyed one of his line reads. I mm. thought it was just fantastic. Mm-hmm. Was when when Jack purportedly not purportedly he did <laughs> save her, but they lied about how he saved her. Mm-hmm. Um, when he saves her, he you know thanks thanks him. And they leave, and then the guy's like, "Any any reward for the gentleman, sir? Eh, give him a twenty, and then." Uh, Rose is like, that's what your fiance's life is worth to you. And he goes, Rose is displeased. Mm. What to do? Yeah. <laughs> and I loved that. Oh, he did such a good job at that role. And I even, there were moments where I felt empathy for him, you know, w- which I was shocked by. Like, because, yeah, he just, I mean, it's, he's, he is in his own way a victim of his life and but in the of course like unredeeming way of also believing he deserves all of those things but like he will he wants this woman to love him and like that's not enough but he doesn't know also like i don't know i just saw some moments where like the emotion cracked through in some way on his face too and and i was like I do feel for you at some points. And that's crazy that this movie got me to feel for you for a second. Yeah. And, and he fights for, I was surprised. Yeah. I, there's something I didn't remember. Cause I hadn't seen this movie in, in maybe 10 years, yeah, same. but he fights to keep her all the way until she climbs out of the, the lifeboat. Right. And it, it's not yeah. until then that he's like, it's like, all right, he this gives is up. crazy. No, it's true. Yeah. And it's like, and perhaps, and, it, and yeah, and it's like, is this because he, part of him, does love her but you know his own idea of what that means in terms of like she is mine or is it about just like the justice of not 
allow not being willing to like let this poor guy win is probably like both of the things at once. But yeah, it was surprising because right. he could just save himself. Because it's not like he be fine. Couldn't get another suitor, right? Because he's modeled after like he's. I, I was doing some research into who people were mm. modeled after, and most people were just kind of fabricated. But the but he was modeled to be, you know, the heir of an Andrew Carnegie type mm-hmm. person. And yeah, they talk about like Philadelphia Steel or something. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, Andrew Carnegie's heir would would have been doing just fine in terms of if he was if he viewed their marriage as like a contractual continuation of lineage, right. he could get another contract pretty easily. I feel like, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So I do feel like he did care about her, but yeah, like you said, in that restricted rigidly defined mm-hmm. way mm-hmm. yeah ah, titanic titanic you've stolen my heart and my heart will go on to be stolen by you again and again and again now i gotta say though uh, mm-hmm. when it, i do not believe not only do i not believe that she would have kept the necklace until she was 101 mm-hmm. um Especially if she had never told the story to anybody. That's like... Well, what's she going to do with the necklace? Eight. This priceless diamond. Yeah. What's she going to do with it? Money. But then her whole... But then she would have been... No, no. I totally get that. And her family... I mean, I think it's also partly about her family and like her desire to sever all ties. Like if... Right. I also think it would be like... Yeah, because she would be profiting off this guy and she would be making the money that would put her exactly in that other realm of mm-hmm. life. I totally get that. Mm-hmm. But also like, th- but why would she wait to throw it off of the ship then? Yeah. Uh, you know, I imagine like once you get to like 85 mm-hmm. and, and I say this because I've been at a table full of 85 year olds, mm-hmm. you start talking about, I, you know, when you go, imminently mm-hmm. with like a level of dispassionance mm-hmm. that I feel like by the time maybe 91 rolled around, she was like, I better get to this dock. Maybe. You know, yeah. I don't sure. know. It's so, yeah, um, I, I do hear what you're saying, but I also like the, also the implication is that she brought it with her on board that ship and told the story and deliberately didn't. Yeah. Know. Which I also bl- like, maybe yeah. she was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. You know, maybe mm-hmm. I will give them the necklace, but, it, but there is something about, she very well could have planned that she never would do anything. Like she would just mm-hmm. sort of not know what to do with this thing. And then in finally telling the story and like releasing this huge right. burden and trauma that like, finally she can let it go. I don't yeah. know. But I, yeah. Yeah. But, but none of that, uh, all of that pales in comparison to the most unbelievable aspect of all, which is that it would remain in her pocket. Oh, I know. Throughout after all of yeah. that, <laughs> I, I was. I that was, pocket didn't even have a button. No, on it. I was no. in there being like, yeah. "Oh, is it going to be the inside breast pocket that has right. the like buttoned flap?" Right, right, right. But then she like just reaches her hand inside the draped open loose pocket Mm-mm. and finds the diamond. Right. I mean, I I'm know. like, I'm sorry. You didn't get sucked under the Atlantic, pop right. back up, sit on right. a door, swim right. over. Right, didn't brought into a lifeboat, brought into R- a big ship. Nah. Blankets thrown on you. Probably your clothes taken off because you would need to, like, to get rid of the ice-covered clothes. Exactly, you'd need, yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. Uh, yeah. Agreed. <laughs> but, you know, great, great device. I also did a lot of research into 
whether or not the charcoal would survive. The um, charcoal. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, the room was split. Oh. Some people okay. are like, you fucking idiot. It's a fucking movie. Don't ask any <laughs> fucking questions, you piece uh-huh. of shit. Yeah. But then other people were like, actually, the cold does indeed act somewhat as a preservative because there wouldn't be bacteria that would mm. be able to get in and like eat it. And that there are things that have been found in the depths of the ocean that like are much more preserved than one would expect. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Good to know. Though it wouldn't have been found smudge free. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It was very, very impressively. Well, he shook some stuff on it, you know, so that. It's true. He was like, I'm just going to make this bad boy waterproof. Yeah, exactly. Real Uh, fast. No reason in in particular. (laughs) No reason in particular. I just, I'm the luckiest guy in the world. You just never know. Yeah. (laughs) Also, somebody said, I read something, it was like, uh, Fabrizio's mother's never going to know what happened to him Mm -hmm. because there's no record of him or Jack being on the ship because the ticket's under someone else's name. And, and there's a, because there's the moment where he's like, Fabrizio, you're never going to, yeah. You're going to not see him, you're not going to talk to your mother for a very long time. And uh, then he gets on a board a ship. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. Probably a lot of people. That may have been the case. Shall we talk about Seinfeld? <laughs> Let's do it. Let's All talk right, about great. Seinfeld. Um, so this was the top rated TV show. And um, as with other TV shows we've watched, I'll just, you know, give us a little overview. And we watched five episodes yeah. that were picked from various top ten and top whatever mm-hmm. lists. A very concentrated group of episodes, though. So it's interesting it's that true, they vary, yeah. like, it, the writers must have like hit their stride hit at this, this point. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so this is a sitcom. It was created by Larry David and Jerry Seinfeld. It stars Seinfeld as a fictionalized version of himself, and it's about him and his friends George, Elaine, and Kramer. Uh, often described as a show about nothing, many episodes are about the minutia of daily life, colored by the comedic neuroses of the main characters, and it is uh, very much a New York Jewish TV show. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Um, so we watched a bunch of episodes and we can, you want to just give us a little bit of other, a little bit of the context. Yeah. I mean, this was a massively successful show. It's finale was like the most watched event in the history in in like television history at that point. And there was also, there was a, there was a commercial, there was an interview where Jerry, I think it might've been, Oh, for some reason I feel like it might've been Letterman, but I don't think it was, it was somebody else, not Letterman, Larry King. It was somebody else, but they asked, he asked if he was canceled. Mm. And he was like, canceled? You thought we were canceled? No, I don't know how to do Jerry <laughs> Seinfeld. But he like kind of lost his cool in a bizarre way just because like they were the, the highest rated show on television at the time they're going out. And they like made the decision to stop mm. though when somebody oh, asked I if see, he if was canceled. Oh, I see. If the show canceled. was canceled? Not right, if like, Jerry it, Seinfeld was canceled. Oh, yeah. No, canceled. no, no. Okay, not in the... Got it, got it, got not in the Got not in 2020 it. speak. Um, yeah, it, it, I just thought That's that funny. was funny. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so this Jerry Seinfeld had been a comedian since the stand up for like since the late 70s, early 80s. He had been on he had been on Johnny Carson for the first time in like in the early 80s. And then this is two years after his first special. Now, in the 80s, it was harder to get a special than it is now but you know this is only two years after his first special in terms of like whether or not he would have like massive name recognition mm-hmm. as a stand-up comedian 
And one thing I thought was really interesting was that uh, he has exclusively, with the exception of one movie ever, exclusively appeared as himself. Huh. Is it the B movie? It is B <laughs> movie. And I heard <laughs> jokes made about it, but like looking ba- looking at that now, like knowing that, I'm like, yeah, buddy, why did why'd you do B why movie? Was, what What's unprecedented <laughs> number of millions of dollars? Oh my, right? Did they pay? Got you, you to do this <laughs> movie? Um, and yeah, it was it was with him, and he did it with Larry David, who Larry David had been B on movie? SNL. He got no. Oh, what? oh, <laughs> I thought you said meant B movie. I thought no, 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 B movie. <laughs> I don't, I don't think Larry don't think David Larry was David, involved. Yeah. If he was involved, then that would make more sense <laughs> right, in terms right, of why he signed totally. on to do it. But you know, he had been a writer for SNL for a while. Apparently, like no sketches of his made it on, and then. <laughs> He that is where he met Julia Louis Dreyfus because she had been she was on for a brief period at that time, and then he they went they made the show together and then afterwards he left the show to start Curb which he is the star of and ran for it's run for ten seasons though two of those ten seasons have been sort of separated from the main body of seasons and then. And then we have Jason Alexander, who's a big stage actor, who, like, at the time, he had already been on Broadway a number of times. He's been in The Producers. He's been Sweeney Todd. I've, you know, he's been in Fiddler on the Roof. He was in Fish in the Dark, a play written by Larry David. Uh, we have Julia Louis-Dreyfus, and we have Michael Richards. Michael Richards, this is his... Unfortunately, there is something known as the Seinfeld curse, mm. where... They never really went on to do anything big. Mm. Now, except for Veep. Well, that's the thing. Julia Louis Dreyfus is known for sort of being the first person to break the Seinfeld curse, and this was Mm. not with Veep, Mm. but actually with the New Adventures of Old Christine, Mm. uh, which ran for about five years, oh five to ten, and then, which also meant that she went roughly immediately from New Adventures of Old Christine to veep and and so yeah she is one of the only she is the only star from the show who is not basically exclusively immediately linked to seinfeld Mm -hmm. and so yeah so then michael richards this is his most famous role now there is a couple there's a couple of like iffy businesses like uh, Seinfeld, he had he had a he had a rough Manhattan esque relationship. Uh, he was thirty eight, and his girlfriend at the time was uh, seventeen. That was before the start of the show. And then uh, Kramer had a very um, a, a, a very uh, scandalized two thousand and six. Uh, stand-up performance at the Laugh Factory in L.A. in which some people were basically he felt being too loud and he launched into a series of racial epithets. Mm. And, uh, yeah. So, he is canceled mm-hmm. in the in the 2020 way. Sure. Yeah. Mm. Um, and gotcha. then the biggest refer... the bigger references um... Yada yada yada. Mm-hmm. Hello Newman. Mm-hmm. 
no soup for you. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, the sh- just the idea that the show is about nothing, like mm-hmm. a show about nothing. And, you know, if you talk to people about Seinfeld, they're going to say, like, oh, a show about nothing. Something that I read about that that was interesting to me was that the show was never intended to be a show about nothing. The idea of it being a show about nothing, that came from in the show, and I believe the fourth season, I could be wrong, but when Seinfeld is pitching a TV show, Mm. the TV show is pitched as a show about nothing, and it's done to be this meta commentary where Seinfeld who has pitched a show about himself is now playing himself, pitching a show about mm-hmm. playing himself mm-hmm. that then process of d- deduction leads us to believe that this is what the pitch meeting looked like when mm-hmm. he was pitching Seinfeld mm-hmm. initially. But apparently no, that that's, that's not true that him and Larry David were like, Ooh, let's make a show about how a comedian uses their life to build material. Mm. So hmm. it it was never like a show about nothing. That is right. something that exclusively exclusively came from the show. Right. I would also add the Kramer entrance as a thing okay. for this show. Oh I guess we should you talk about I mean? something else. Oh. Uh did you watch this show growing up at all? Yeah, right, right. Well no, yeah, I was gonna get I just wanted to add that to the list of things that have uh that are what do you call them? ingrained culturally relevant you know where he always enters crazy um yes we were definitely a seinfeld household um a couple of these show these episodes that we watched were ones that um i remembered pretty vividly um it was like my my parents uh, were watching it a lot and i I remember as a kid i was sort of like in and out you know like sometimes i'd watch it with them and sometimes i'd i often they found it far funnier than i did as a child but i like remember it being around and then i didn't really watch it as an adult, but like, um, but yeah, it's certainly, we watched it. It was on in my house a lot. Right. What about you? Never one time. What? Really? Yeah. This never was your first time watching any Seinfeld basically. Yeah. That beyond any sort of like oh, just, you know, two minute, three minute clips. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. No, or commercials wow. Crazy. advertising yeah. that it's on in syndication. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wild. I, cool. No, it, 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 Never really watched it. The closest thing that I got into watching it, and I guess this should have been should have been in my list, is the one where the the paper writes up that he's gay, and they have mm. the whole thing of being like, not that there's anything wrong with that, uh, yeah. like <laughs> yeah, right. that whole thing but of like, I'm, like not. I'm not gay, yeah. not that there's anything wrong yeah. with that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, and they all like, which is a very, like that episode actually probably stands the test of time. Mm. I mean, maybe I don't. I, I'm probably not, mm. but the idea of handling the situation that yeah, way. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah is right. much more contemporary than probably any other show's sure. way of like dealing with right. that issue. Right, with homosexuality, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, should we vote? Let's <gasps> vote. Okay. One, two, two three. three. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, yes. Okay. I don't feel, <laughs> I feel like you're giving me the, the cue to go ahead and sort of I explain am, myself. I am, because you're, you have a little furrowed brow as you say, yes. Uh, yeah, Hello. I, yeah. I I think that it's like fine. You know, I think generally speaking, culture has not really it's it's surprising that as with some may say Game of Thrones, for something to be such a large for something to be such a large cultural event for so long it seems to have just kind of disappeared outside of 
you know, maybe it's still in syndication on TBS, but I don't really hear many references to it. I don't really see many. I don't really hear too many people talking about mm. Seinfeld. And I, I, I mean, this could be that I'm part of this kind of Seinfeld free bubble. Mm-hmm. Um, I've definitely, like, I remember going to my grandma's house even a couple of years ago. I certainly remember, like, being able to watch it sometimes. Although it got more and more replaced by, it was, like, by um, the Big Bang Theory, I feel like, filled the spots that Seinfeld used to fill in, like, Jesus a lot Christ, of the syndication. Show. I'm already uh, going to cast I know, we're not going to talk about that one. It's terrible. Fuck keep but, it. but, but I do think, sucks. it's true that, like, I'm, I, have, I wonder if I was to ask, if we were to ask, like, 20, uh, like, 18 year olds like do you know about Seinfeld what they'd say because I wonder yeah, um, like, but it certainly feels like it's still you know it, culturally like it is still certainly a, a a reference point that like has not disappeared you know like if somebody was to reference Seinfeld which I'm sure happens relatively often I don't know still happens in various ways I would imagine like you know that people know what they're talking about yeah but but I also like I can't tell if if it depends. It depends on if they're referencing specific Seinfeld or if they're referencing like the idea of Seinfeld, like the show as a whole. Because I would say that like, I bet you a lot of people would like know Seinfeld if referenced as a whole. Mm-hmm. But then if you reference like specific jokes in Seinfeld, they might yeah. be like, mm-hmm. well, but that's how I feel with most TV shows that people reference, even if I've watched them more. You know, I don't know. Like, I still think that that doesn't make that doesn't mean that it's not still culturally uh, re- I don't know. Alive. it doesn't hold true for friends it doesn't hold true for sex in the city it doesn't hold true for well uh, maybe you could say it holds true for fraser but yeah but i think i mean i depend again i think it depends on who you're talking to perhaps you know um yeah i think we should definitely keep this show um i mean i think we're in it's a different place now than we were then but like i think um there is certainly like this show was was one of the it, the unique a- aspect of it I think of like the n- sort of New York Jewishness being such a core of who the people were without right. it being like every without it being like about being Jewish right. that like it made so many like yada yada like so many things that are like Yiddishisms mm-hmm. like sort of I think it was probably a big introduction to mainstream society of like what those were right and a lot of them now have been co-opted like you know just become part of speech that everybody will understand and i feel like this show had a big part in that um and so i so yeah so i i think it was it's there's i was reading a whole bunch of back and forth articles just different opinions about like was this show self-hating was this show good for Jews or not? You know what I mean? Like as far as like sure. the image of Jewish people, but I think like most of them missed the, po- like a lot of the counter arguments against sh- ones that were like pointing out particular jokes that did uh, when, when parts, when episodes did reference specific Jewish things, uh, they like missed the point that like, it's also a comedy show. You know what I mean? Like right. there, a lot of it is about like it lovingly poking fun when that was a big part of when, yeah. the, when those were plot moments, but really overall it was like, I think the important thing that it did is sort of make that mainstream, like make sort of like, we're just people, you know? And like, it's such a New York particular like type of energy that became, that just like, you know, wasn't about really their identity. It was about like all these ridiculous daily things that just sort of happen, you know? Um, Also, I'm always, I'm always happy to, 
to see a show that depicts realistic New York living situations. Exactly. We've talked about this before. Yeah, and this time. one this one does. Yeah. And realistic gray yeah. ass walls right. <laughs> in <laughs> exactly. a shitty hallway. Yeah, yeah. totally. Totally. Yeah. And I yeah, I just le- like I also some of the sh- episode we watched um the episode that sticks in my memory so much the most is the marine biologist. Like as a kid I remember or as when I was younger I just remember watching this this episode and the contest. Those two episodes and it's so the contest I watching this time i was like for overall for most of the ones that we watched i was like the weave of this show is so impressive in the way that it feels like it's about nothing and like the or like the the particular plot lines are like what you're you know i don't know something stupid you know something Mm -hmm. like so small and minute and like okay sure like what it's funny because it's so ridiculous but that like the weave of all those plot lines and the way that they coalesce to all kind of meet each other is just like really impressive um and the contest which is basically the episode where they all all the friends uh you know decide to see who can last the longest without masturbating um and like they never say the word masturbation like because also it's like uh network television i remember that show that episode and being like I know what they're talking about even when I was, you know, like 10 or whatever. Uh, and yeah. And I think it's just so well done. And that, sh- that episode in particular, like the ways that it equalizes the plot lines for Elaine mm-hmm. with the plot lines for anyone else. Like she never really has plot lines that like are different because she's a woman, like aside yeah. from the ways that like her relationship to various things is slightly different because she's a woman. But like that one too, it was, it was just so fun the way they were talking about like masturbation, for men and for women. Yeah, and even then the 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 point of that or maybe or the way that it acts in the plot is that well that it's not. Right. Yeah, cuz she like she ends up losing the contest. Right. She you breaks know. second. Right. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Um and then other parts too where it's like her for all of them it's like romance, career, uh you know, and then like crazy stuff that happens in New York and in life and like they all equally have the same types of, like mm-hmm. you could the same types of plot. And I just feel like that was, um, as far as just thinking about like an ensemble comedy where the ensemble is not a family and is like both men and women, uh, that like, that's a pretty, it's a pretty like impressive thing for a show in the nineties. You know what I mean? Also like lots of friend groups include men and women Mm -hmm. that are not like all, riddled with sexual contest right exactly yeah yeah, yeah and th- yeah and i right and that like the relationship within the network i mean we're we're talking very explicitly about a sexual contest right, but, <laughs> right um, but within the group of right. friends and like unlike friends you know and i guess because jerry and elaine in the show like they used to they date, do right I, I, yeah. or, but but then it's like does, it doesn't matter like they're yeah. all just friends and um unlike friends where you know unlike friends where four of them very pivotal get together yeah, yeah. um yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, I just kind of dug that, like, it's. I I like though that also they, they took it second in the nineties to be like. Why would you not do that? Like when they're just like masturbation, and they're oh, like, well, yeah. why would you not do that? Totally right. And <laughs> like we see the people, like we see them all like yell it, get mean to each other right. when they're not masturbate. Like it's right. like such a great sub- little like yeah, masturbation is great. Just like, go do it. Cares? You'll feel like, better, right? And the, the yeah. little montages throughout of like them tossing and turning at night mm-hmm. versus like who is just sleeping soundly. Right. <laughs> it's like so great. Um, I also uh, you mentioned the, the interweaving of the plots, and you mentioned the marine biologist one. Mm-hmm. At first, I was pretty. I was 
pretty annoyed mm-hmm. that Kramer's like, let's go hit balls into the ocean. Yeah. I was like, wait a minute. What the fuck, right. man? <laughs> yeah. Fuck you. Yeah. And then it has immediate ramifications in the episode right, right. that like it it's damaging to a whale. It, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, totally. Also, I dug that it was Larry David's voice that was like, "Is anyone here of a marine oh biologist?" My God. <laughs> That's right. Like, <laughs> it's yeah. so good. Yeah. I yeah, yeah. I, I loved it. And then, yeah, everyone that every episode, I, I thought that even though maybe I was skeptical about something and like how it was handled. Mm-hmm. I can't, I guess I, I can't, I couldn't like put my finger on anything that was too egregious about how it was done or really whether or not realistically it would happen differently if it happened today. Like, Mm -hmm. like the George's girlfriend's toplessness. Mm -hmm. If somebody who we weren't deciding to be topless just was topless yeah i don't know how differently we would all behave which is simply just very clearly and borderline cartoonishly making eye contact right (laughs) (laughs) totally no i think it's so true and it helps and that those are like moments too where like having elaine in the mix uh really does a lot of work for that too because mm. we see her acting the same way that the men are act- like right. uh, sometimes depending on what's happening like a dude will be like oh you know um but she also will be like whoa you know <laughs> because like yeah that's just the reality of that situation and because it's you know i wonder if they didn't have the strictures of network television rules if they would film moments like that differently but so much of the way it's filmed is just like their reactions to things happening watching um, that moment though on on hulu uh, there was hulu. significant uh side, side boob, boob shown i <laughs> yeah. was like no that Whoa. was that one <laughs> i know but the one where it's like there's a woman naked in her apartment across the way and yeah. they, we just see their reactions but yeah no i was impressed i was uh, not impressed i was surprised by the fact that we saw her naked back because yeah some side yeah. boob. it's a little curve there Very, no i mean like when she a, turns a to curve. walk off Right. That was like, I was like, was there a nipple there? I don't know. Yeah. Like, <laughs> let's, yeah. let's go back to the tape. Yeah. Um, it reminds me of, uh, let's go. There was <laughs> a, there's a friends episode where Joey says shit. And oh. it's like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> um, and I don't know if it was cut from the episode when it aired. It probably right. was, but it is now in the end uh, credits oh, of uh, one of the episodes. Because, huh. um, they're like Ross and Joey are competing for somebody that we're not talking about the show, but Mm-mm. you know, he, he, they're like, Joey, you hungry? And he goes, "Is bear shit in the woods. Uh-huh. And it's oh, like, nice. yeah, yeah. Whoa. <laughs> uh, yeah. It makes you realize when you hear that, like I haven't heard a single swear actually right. this whole time, which um, it may, which to speak to that, I'm, I'm, I don't feel like I'd want to see it outside of network television because mm-hmm. they were, I don't know that it necessarily would have been better. I think the way that no. Jerry Seinfeld, just generally speaking, is a cleaner comedian. Yeah. yeah. And so yeah. something that like really, I don't know, helps him is the, is the work mm-hmm. to get around the, what pro, the, I guess profanity is not really the word, but like 
you know, to deal with all those barriers and all those limitations and still do the plots that he totally. wants. Right. It makes it smarter because you have to do it in a way that is a little bit more elevated because mm. you can't rely on just sort of saying the thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I don't even think Curb mm. is particularly mm. dirty, even though Curb is on HBO. Mm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 So. Yeah, let's keep them. Let's keep them. Let's both. keep them. That was a, this was a fun week. Yeah, what, uh, two big things in culture, I'd say. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, definitely two. I don't know that it's like the two biggest things that no. we have dealt with, right. but they right. are two very big. big fucking things. Big yeah. fucking things. Big fucking things. Thank God we can Titanic swear. fucking things. Yay! Jesus, but how much better would the show be if we could? Mm, so much better, probably. Yeah, we'd really have to do the work, <laughs> but. Uh, uh, I also, I just want to take this point to let you know, mm-hmm. um, started reading a new book. Mm-hmm. And was it some more Proust or something? Oh God. I'm reading Moby Dick. Oh, okay. Have I've never read, read it? it. I've never read it. I gotta tell you, it yeah. reads way easier than it's given credit for. Nice. Yeah. Cool. Uh, I brought it. I with mean, Matilda me read it when trip. she was in like fourth grade. So, oh, I, I was about to say that I thought you were gonna say, oh, well, I mean, I read Matilda. I read Matilda, so I'm you like, know, yeah, Moby uh, Dick by yeah. Roald Dahl, right? Yeah, Moby <laughs> Dick by yeah, but the it reads way easier than I than I I thought it would. Nice. And also, what does this have to do with this moment in our podcast? Um, I just felt like I wanted to get okay, it in, and this fair. was the best place to do okay. it. But the it just seconds. was interesting, also that. There is definitely what we would describe as homoeroticism, significant amount, but it makes me curious about what, you know, if there isn't the, a mainstream idea of like a homosexual identity that is this thing to basically be afraid of as capitalized on by like mainstream patriarchal culture Mm -hmm. like to what degree was this degree to what degree Mm. was this level of of male male platonic intimacy occurring Mm. because yeah the the Cool. It's some, right. it's some wildness. It's wildness. Nice. I will have to read it at some point. Yeah. Um. What's book next? Club? What's next week? Book club. Do you remember book club? Book club. Nineteen ninety eight. Oh yeah, we used to have a book club. Nineteen ninety eight is fun. the year of Ben Affleck. Oh yeah. Is it? Armageddon steal my and Shakespeare in Love. What? That's oh right. my god. And then Whoa, also, I, I feel like wow. That oh my god. I, I I'm trying to remember. Armageddon. I feel like Shakespeare that's when Goodwill Hunt. Man, I'm sorry. Both of these movies live so clearly in my memory. Okay. Going, sorry. I was like, I was like is, wow. this a, is this a joke? No, <laughs> like, I'm just, wow. uh, But yeah, I mean, like the, it is. Wait, so Shakespeare in Love won Best Picture. Got it, right. Because Armageddon Shakespeare in Love definitely won Best right, right. Wow. Picture. Yes. Crazy. Um, but then, you know, I'm also looking at this and okay. I feel like it would have been nominated in the 1998 Oscars. What? Uh, Goodwill Hunting? Yeah. Oh, it definitely would have been because it came out in December of 97. So mm-hmm. it would have been nominated at the same time as Shakespeare in Love. Okay. Big fucking year wow, for yeah, fucking being fucking Affleck. We're kind of doing Goodwill Hunting right now. Uh, um, but yeah. Uh, great. Well, I look forward to that one. That's going to be mm-hmm. fun. Still a one. Um, 
Thanks for listening. We're a Rock Rising Productions All podcast. Follow Rock Rising. Follow us. It should we keep this? Like He's Stephen Moskus. I'm Gina underscore with a G. And I'm going to take us out with a haiku while he does this in the background. This haiku is not a great one. I actually have an extra syllable somewhere because I just couldn't figure it out. Just a bunch of quotes. Oh, before I do this haiku, I have to explain. Um, are you familiar with the terms shlomiel and shlomazel? I'm familiar with Laverne and Shirley. Great. Okay. Because because George is a classic sh- classic classic shlemiel. Isn't like the sh- in one of them? It's like one of them spills the soup, and then the other one has the soup spilled on yeah, them. Yes, so a shlemiel would have the soup spilled on them. Shlemazel would spill the soup because a shlemazel, a shlemiel is just like a fool who like everything sucks for them. Right. Shlemazel like unlucky things happen to them and whatever. Okay. So okay, that's Hassan important Pfeffer because that's five syllables out of my haiku. Uh, <laughs> all, all right, here right. we go. Shlomiel, Shlomazel, never let go. No soup for you. Our hearts will go on. That's my haiku. Amazing. <laughs> With an extra syllable in the middle. Amazing. Girl, you are close to me. This podcast is produced by Rock Rising. Come follow us on Instagram, and if you want to hear more podcasts, visit rockrising.org. Thanks.